January 9th, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Yod Aleph Amud Bet, 14 lines from the top, the last word on the line, Ve'amar. And the Gemara continues to give us statements of Ula in the name of Rabbi Azar, even though they don't have much one to do with the other, nor to do with Nizikin with Masechet Bava Kama. Says Gemara, Ve'amar Bil Azar, Ve'amar Ula, Amar Bil Azar, Shomer Shemasar Le Shomer. Shomer, of course, is a person who is purposed to be watching over someone else's item. And the situation over here is irrespective of the particulars, which we'll address in a moment, but irrespective of whether you're a Shomer Sakhar or Shomer Hinam, meaning whether you're being paid or whether it's free for you, if you in turn hand over the item to someone else to watch over, positioning them in that uh, place of uh, guardianship, the halakha is patur. You will be patur, you'll be not liable to pay, provided that the way in which, if ultimately speaking, it got damaged or lost, was a way which was not uh, a, a violation of your own responsibilities. In other words, if I'm, for example, a shomer hinam, meaning I'm not getting paid for this, the only way in which I'm liable to compensate, to pay back the person who gave it to me, what we call the be'alim, is if I was poshea, as if I was negligent is the act of handing over this cup, which uh, Eli gave to me uh, to watch over, and I gave it to uh, Abi to watch over, but I'm watching over it as a free guard. In that situation, the handing over to Abi is not considered pishya, that's not negligence in and of itself. If Abi, as a result, watches over it, and the same way if I was watching over it, in some way it got stolen or it got lost, as a Shomer Hinam, I'm not liable if it was stolen or lost. AB, that's what happened with him. As a result, Eli comes to collect from me. I said, no, no, it was stolen or lost. He said, I don't believe you. I said, no, I handed it over to AB. He says, that was negligence. That was not negligence. He turns to AB and says, AB, what happened to it? Were you negligent? He says, I wasn't negligent. It got stolen or was lost. In such a situation, I'm not liable to pay. The Hidush being, and we'll fill it out in all the ways in the Gemara that this might play out, the Hidush, the novelty being, the handing over of the item from me to AB is not an act of negligence. That's appropriate. Even without, even without the honest permission. Correct. Let's You're say, considered a bad and as... Different areas, you, he's careless. He lives in the Bronx, you live in the safe uh, gated neighborhood. It's the same? I, I, listen, in such a... The, the question is, with regards... In the Bronx, negligence might be more, uh, more, more, more uh, severely defined. You're more negligent than in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, I don't know if you leave out. I'm speaking, you know, freely. You leave out on your porch, your bike for ten minutes. That's not negligence. Maybe in the Bronx it is. Negligence will be defined accordingly, and his actions, as a result, will be taken into account. They're going to look into it based on. If you were poshea, okay, so then in that situation, there's a responsibility from me. From the original person. That's right, it was on me. So the second guy is... No, 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 no. No, but I didn't... Who said I'm allowed to do that? I'm handing over an item to AB to watch over. You, or Eli, when he gave it to me, perhaps had in mind that only I was going to do it. The Hidush is you had in mind that I wasn't going to be negligent or that I wasn't going to violate my responsibilities. The handing over was not a violation of responsibilities. You might say that. What's that? I thought a custodian meant someone paid to 
Could be, could be. Now, let, let's, let's before we continue in the Gemara, I'll just be clear. There's a, what's called, there's four Shomrim, four classic Shomrim. Shomer Hinam is the one we've been discussing, who's only liable in an act of negligence, negligence called Peshi'ah. If it's Gineva or Abedah, stolen or lost, there's no liability. There's someone else called the Shomer Sakhar. If I'm being paid for it, if I'm being paid for it, I can only get off the hook if it's what's called Ones. Ones means it's out of my control, it's out of my reach. I wasn't able to stop this. As well, in that situation, if I'm a Shomer Sachar, you're paying me for that, and I hand it over to A.B., even though, and we're going to explicitly state this in the Gemara, even though A.B. now is considered a Shomer Hinam, if I'm not paying him, you might say to me, you demoted your level of guardianship. I say, listen, I understand what you're saying, but in the scheme of things, A.B., we have perhaps witnesses, or we have some way of verifying that the way in which it got messed up, it got lost from A.B., was in a non-negligent, but an honest way, such a situation, I'm still not liable. I say I handed it to a barda'at, I handed it to a person who has knowledge. You say to me, ah, come on, he wasn't watching it as well. I understand what you're saying, but the way in which it was gone is what's called honest. It was an unavoidable, so to speak, situation. That's, we're going we're gonna to explicitly fill it out here in the Gemara. The Gemara will speak it out explicitly, all of that. Amar bil Azar, it's again, Amve Amar Ula, Amar bil Azar, Shomer, Shemasal, Shomer, Patur. Now he, spe- he specifies, Vilami Ba'aya. Lami Ba'aya literally means, and it doesn't need to be. In other words, it goes without saying, Shomer Hinam Le Shomer Sachar. What if I'm the lo- lower level guardianship? custodian and I give it to Abi and I pay Abi to watch over it. Easy for me now to turn to Eli and say, hey Eli, uh, come on, I, I gave it to him and I was even paying him. I'm raising the level and expected uh, uh, custodianship. Even if I'm being paid, uh, to watch over it, and as a result, again, I would be liable for most cases, only exempt, only not liable to pay if it's a ones, I hand it to AB, and an ones happens to it, still the hashta in such a situation, hashta means now, I'm diminishing, I'm making worse the level of custodianship, we can come up with millions. <laughs> You have to define based on circumstance, situation, what the proper level of, of, of shemira is, but something out of his hands, sure, weather or, you know, or animals came in and a way in which he couldn't have, yeah, but he I mean, well, first of all, Masech Bava Metiah has no, uh, no, no end to the examples, you will even later in this Masechet have many examples of such. But in today's day and age, I mean, you really could come up with so many, but the easiest is a weather which is out of your hand and you couldn't predict. In such a situation, Patu, what's the reason? Why do I exempt myself? Because I handed it to a knowing, cognizant person. Shalihut only works with performance of something. In other words, this is not shalihut. You're talking about the concept of shalihut at the beginning of the second period of Masechet Kiddushin. Shalihut 
takes place in ways in which I appoint someone to do something for me. That's an agency. No, 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 I'm, I'm going to explain yeah. and you'll, you'll understand. I have them take tiruma for me. Yeah. I have them be mekadesh a woman or a woman accept the kiddushin. There's something halachically going into effect mm -hmm. to slaughter the korban pesach for me, etc. Over here, shemira, that's not what you call uh, mm -hmm. shalichot. Mm -hmm. That's what you call a shomer. Sh shemira is not shalichot. Similar. How, how strong is the, is the logic for the, for the shomer sachar? The shomer, and after the shomer sachar, the reason for that is the opposite in the second case. And then it's totally ignoring that whole logic of why it's okay. It's, it's not because, in other words, lami ba'ya, you don't need a say. Creating a greater level, I could tell you, Eli, for sure I'm off the hook. The Gemara is saying, you don't need it. You don't need it. No, that's the point. That's why it's a lami ba'aya. Lami ba'aya means it goes without stating where you could have even claimed like that. You don't need a claim like that. You're exactly right. You don't need a claim like that. All I need to claim, according to the Azar, is I gave it to a bardat. Shalom al Yisrael. Not, not every Rava won't agree with this. Says the Gemara, Rava Amar, Shomer Shemasal Shomer Hayav. Ravad disagrees on both angles as well. He'll spell it out. Both with regards to when you go down in, guard, in the custodianship. That's the words we're using. I'm a Shomer Sachar and I gave it to a Shomer Hinam. You're exempt because, the, excuse me, you're obligated because the Eli turns to me and says, well, what do you mean? You gave it to a lower level uh, um, uh, custodianship. But as well, even when I bring it up, he claims to me, I'm not happy. Why is he not happy? Why am I liable to pay him in such a situation? That Why is it considered negligence? It says Rava, it goes without stating, Certainly when Eli hands me the item and is paying me for it, I give it to A.B. and I'm not paying him for it. Uh, Eli now claims that was uh, negligence. That was peshiyat. You diminished the level of guard, uh, guardianship, of custodianship. But even in that situation as well, I'm even there when I brought it up a level. I'm paying A.B., uh, after I was not paid to watch over to watch over Hayav. Why so? De Amar Le, because Eli, the original owner, says to me, the original Shomer, at Mehemnat Li Bishwa. You, Harari, I believe with regards to swearing that this was not Pishia, that this was not negligence. Hi, that one, that Kohen, La Meheman Li Bishwa. I don't believe him. In other words, I was never comfortable with handing this to anyone but you, and as a result, your handing to him is a pishi'ah. What if, Tosafot, Dibur Hamadhil, where is it? At Mehemnat Li Bishvu'ah, Tosafot, some uh, 12 or so lines in the wide lines. What if it's well known that A.B. Cohen is believable. Everybody trusts him. What do you mean? He's entrusted by uh, the greatest and best people in the world. Harari, he's been losing people's money. He's been messing up deals. He's the not trustworthy one. So if Eli entrusted Harari and Harari gave it to Abi, according to the logic of Rava in such a circumstance, it would seem that I am patur because I bumped up the level of, if the whole issue is what we call ne'emanut, trustworthiness, yes. So Eli gave it to me, and Eli could claim, I never trusted anyone but you. But, 
ultimately speaking, no, ultimately speaking, there's a shivua. And then the, the swear is when you return it and where you don't return it. The swear comes... Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. No, no, the swear is when, he, when, when uh, Eli says, all right, time to give it back. And I said, oh, I don't have it. He says, why not? I said, oh, uh, it was A.B. He turns to A.B. and says, well, why don't you have it? What happened to it? He says, I was not poshea. That he has to swear <coughs> upon. That's the shivua. <laughs> but again, even though A.B. is trusted in court to make that shivua, Eli says, I was never interested. I never trusted him. What if objectively, for whatever reason, in the community, A.B. is more trustworthy than Harari in that situation? Harari would be off the hook. You can't make that claim. Rosh and Siman Yodalid adds as well. What if there are witnesses as to how the item got taken from A.B.? There are witnesses that it was honest. It was out of his control because of the weather or whatever it was. In such a circumstance as well, you can't say to me, Harari, you have to pay. Why do I have to pay? Because I never trusted someone else. Oh, in a second. It had nothing to do with him, I can prove it, I have witnesses. In that situation, according to this claim, says Tosafot, I would be off the hook. If the second person, the AB, is more trustworthy than the first, okay, the claim of Rava at la mehema, at meheman hu lo neeman, doesn't stand ground. And secondly, if there are witnesses on the way it got lost from or, or got taken from AB. Um, Tosafot continues, though they quote another approach, it says, Aval behamafkid, but elsewhere in the Gemara, it's in, in, it says in Bava Metziah, there's a different reason why Shomer Shemasal Shomer. We understand those words. The first guard hands it to the second guard. Hayav, according to Rava. It says that uh, I, I'm not interested, Eli says, that my item be in anyone else's hand. I don't care if he's the most trustworthy. I don't care if he's Moshe Rabbeinu. I, none of that matters to me. I don't care if there's witnesses. I never want, I wanted it in your hands. And as Tosafot says, these are not equivalent reasons. So Rava and our Gemara provided one reason. It has to do with your trust of that initial person and not the second one. If you have that explanation, so we said there are two nafkaminot. If in that situation I give it to someone more trustworthy or there are witnesses as to how it was lost, I'd be off the hook. But the second reason provided in Masech Bava is not so it's just that Eli says, and he's allowed to, I only trusted you. I didn't trust anyone else. It's not a matter of trust. I didn't want it in anyone else's hand. Ula doesn't hold any of this? Ula doesn't agree with any of this. Trustworthiness It's not. Keep in mind, trustworthiness is a subjective thing over here to a certain extent. This is, I trusted you. I didn't trust him. So what? In court, objectively speaking, Abi's allowed to swear. That's Ula's response in the name of Bil Azar. Uh, says the Gemara, Amar Amar I mean, this, none of these, unfortunately or fortunately, are the Ikar Sugya. We could spend more time on them, but the, really it's a Bava Mitziah Sugya, and the last one was a Nida Sugya, etc. Amar Ula, not the last one, a few ago, Amar Rabbi Azar, Hilchita, the following is the Halakha, Govin Min Ha'abadin. What does it mean, Govin? Govin, we know, means to collect. Avadim, of course, are slaves. We're referring to Avadim Kna'aniim, non-Jewish slaves. If it's a Evid Ivri, it's a Jewish person, we don't treat them as property. And Evid Kna'ani gets treated, generally speaking, as property. What does it mean that you could be Goveh in the most simple sense at this point? I lent you money, it's time to pay back. I come to collect, you say, um, hmm. 
where are you going to collect from? I don't have that much, no money in the bank. I have that. Okay, you can take from my slave. And indeed, I'm allowed to take, he says, from slaves. Slaves count as something which can be collected from. Amar le Rav Nachman le Ula. Says Rav Nachman to Ula. He says, let me understand what you were talking about. Were you saying something, Mahudash? Was there something novel in your suggestion? You said you could collect even from slaves. Again, slaves once upon a time were property. Why would I have thought different? Uh, he says to him, Amar bil azar afilu miyatme. Uh, did Rabbi Azar mean when he made this statement that you can collect even from slaves, that even collecting from orphans can come from slaves? What does that mean? This is a concept we came in contact with already, and that is if a father has creditors in his lifetime and then passes away. The creditors can only collect from the yetomim, from the inheritors, from land. If the father inherited his children $10 billion but zero land, creditors come to collect, we say, sorry, we don't have anything to pay for. Well, what do you mean you have $10 billion? There's only inheritors, orphans don't have to pay creditors of their father from anything but land. That's the halakha. The question as a result goes as follows. When he said, when Bil Azar said to us that you can collect from slaves, it must have meant something more than just you owe me the money I'm going to take from your slave. Did he mean, was this what he was referring to? That if the father passes away, hands down the slaves to his children, the slaves count as if it's land or not? That's the question. So again, did Rabbi Azar say this? Question mark. Yatme means orphans. Yatomim. Answers. Answers. Ula. No. Lo. Mine. Bil Azar meant you can only collect from slaves if it's the love, if it's the borrower, if it's the, not the borrower, but rather his children after his death, you can only collect from land. Says the Gemaras, or says Rav Nachman, let me understand. So it's well, property, but not land. Yes, yeah, property, property, but who didn't know? I mean, we didn't, because we don't deal with slaves. But who didn't know that slaves are property? Of course slaves are property. I thought you were telling me something novel. Mine? You're telling me I could collect from him when I'm the lender and he's the borrower? I feel I'm allowed to take even the cloak, even the coat off of his back. Of course I can take his slave. I know it doesn't ring the same way it once did, because slaves, human beings, whatever. But we didn't look at slaves as regular human beings in those days. And as a result, midin Torah, slaves have the status, even though we treat them properly, etc., etc., they have the status of a property. So if I'm allowed to take <coughs> even the cloak, even the clothing off his back, of course I'm allowed to take his slave. Don't tell me that. That's not a haidu. She didn't teach me something I didn't know. Uh, first and foremost, just the details on the cloak, the, the coat off his back, Tosafot, the second from the bottom, Tosafot says, well, not so fast. Uh, it sounds like you're saying you could take even his only coat. Well, not really. Im yesh lo shenayim. It means if he has two coats, you can't just take the actual coat off his back. Dim en ehad, if he has only one coat, ha'amar the Gemaram Bava teaches us, the mesadirin we work out, we organize things for the, uh, for the uh, person who owes the money. You owe money, uh, we take a lot from you, but we leave you with your bare necessities, we leave you with food, we leave you with a place to live, we leave you with clothing on your back. Iname, alternatively, a different answer of Tosafot as to how we're taking the coat off your back. Betalit me'amana. You're wearing an extremely expensive coat. 
And that's what you're trying to hold on to. You owe everyone money, but you're wearing a $100,000 coat or whatever. A very expensive coat. What we'll do is we'll take that coat off. Oh, you're taking the coat off. We'll take the coat off. We'll sell it. We'll buy you an appropriate coat or whatever, lower level coat. And then uh, we'll use everything left over to pay back the creditors. That's the case. Iname betalit betalit we give them him an appropriate talit, which means garment, as opposed to the one that he was wearing earlier. Says Tosafot, that doesn't accord with the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva elsewhere disagrees with this there in Baba Metziah. His understanding is if you're wearing a $100,000 coat, that's what you're wearing and that's what you're accustomed to. We can't take that off your back. Oh, we'll give him a nice one, just not a hundred thousand. Oh, we cannot let it do that. Okay, but regardless, back in our Gemara, so the statement is, again, Rav Nachman's question was, when Rabbi Azar said you're allowed to collect even from slaves, he meant even from the orphans where you'd only be able to collect from land. Slave is equivalent. It's the same thing as land. No, no, no. He meant only from the original guy who owns the money, the borrower. Uh, if that's the case, of course you can. You can take anything from him. You can take even the item off his back says the Gemara there is or says uh, says what's his name Ula there's nonetheless a Hidush over here in the statement of Bil Azar Askinan Apotiki it must be the case that Bil Azar was Mahadesh was teaching us is that you're able to take from the slave in a case where the slave was made an Apotiki uh, what's an Apotiki first Say it again. Is that's why everyone translates it? That's the pledge. translation. Yeah, pledge. A pledge. Pledge might work better. The the hachamim generally say whether this is the re- actual etymology or not. They say it's a notrikon. They say it's apo tehe kae. Po means here. Tehe kae. It will stand. And so I guess the word pledge might work best. It goes as follows: I owe you money, and in, at the time, and we probably even write it in the document. At the time of the loan, I say to you, the primary collection will be from these cups, very expensive cups. I'd like it to be from these, which means to say, when you come to collect, you can go directly to those cups. It doesn't need to be a conversation, doesn't mean anything. That's your apotiki. These are the items that you're collecting from. Ah, so says the Gemara, the case must be, there's, and Rashi, two from the bottom, he even fills, fills this out, two lines. Apotehe ka'e, that's what we say it usually stands for. Apoteki, apotehe ka'e, kilomar, mizeye lecha pira'on, vashminan ribil azar, di mecharo gove ba'al chod mimenu. The hidush of ribil azar goes as follows. I'm the borrower, you're the loaner, you gave me the loaner, Eli. I had a slave. I took the slave and I sold it to Abi. But the slave initially was had on it a pledge statement. It was an apotehekae, apotiki, which means to say, when you come to collect, you say, you know something? I'd like to collect from the thing that you designated I'm going to collect from. I'm going to AB and I'm collecting from the slave. That's the hidush. What if I made an apotiki, we're going to spell this out in the Gemara in a moment, on my ox? You say, I love that ox. So we write in the document, you get to collect from old Betsy. When you come to collect in such a situation, you don't get old Betsy. We distinguish between the slave and the animal. What's the difference between the slave and the animal? The Gemara, will we'll read it in just a moment, will say a slave has a coal. It's well known that it was sold as opposed to the animal. Uh, excuse me, that there was an obligation as opposed to the animal. What does that mean? Uh, quite simply, we're familiar with these concepts already, so just to speak it out somewhat simply, it goes like this. When A, B comes to buy from me, I'm the guy who owes the money. 
He needs to do his research. He needs to determine, as he's buying land from me, which lands have liens on them, how and what is he collecting from, what's the risk involved in buying from me. So he goes and he does as much research as he can. There weren't online records. You went around, you asked people, you asked the court, etc., and all that sort of stuff. The assumption is, as a result, says the Gemara, if I designated my slave for collection, people will know about that. People know the slave had a, had a pledge connected to it. If I designated Old Betsy for collection, people don't know about that. Therefore, in, in protecting the AB, the Likuhot is what we call him, who buy from me, we protect him with regards to things that he could have and should have done his research on. What's that? The slave. On the animals, where nobody knows about it anyway, we don't, in that situation, he's fully, I messed it up. On the slave, he doesn't need the protection, he should have done the research. On the animal, where there's no way of doing the research, if he bought the animal from me, even though Eli shows up and he says, no, there's... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Eli. No, 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 it's the risk on the slave, right? Mm -hmm. If on the slave. The slave where you should have known because there's a call, uh, you bought the slave anyway, he gets to collect from it. With the animal, it's the same conversation. How much is property like land? Land, we say there's a call. Property, there's no such call. Oh, so that's the point. Is a slave like regular property? Well, In like this land. respect, it's like land. That's what the Gemara will fill out. So again, uh, five lines from the bottom. The case must be according to Bil Azar in the following. apotiki. I established this slave as the collecting, I designated as the collecting item or person uh, that Eli, my lender, will take from. Kedrava as Rava spelled it out explicitly for us. Now, don't think everyone's going to agree to this, but for now, if I established my slave as, I don't know, a pledge or the collecting place, um, and then I sold it to Abikon. Balhov, Eli Boganim, Govehemenu goes and collects from him. That's unlike, that's in contrast to Shoro Apotiki. If I made my ox, Eli says, I love that ox. I say, okay, I'm making it in Apotiki. We're writing it in the document. Umecharo, and then I sell it to Abi in Balhov Govehemenu. Uh, Eli's not allowed to collect from him. Why not? My tama, what's the difference? Ha'it lekala, the halet lekala, the differences between kol, kol literally means voice. What's known? What could Eli have done? Excuse me, what it could AB have done the research on to know this is something that has a lean on and that one's not? If the ox was a prize racehorse, would that make a difference? Probably. In other words, uh, Jeffrey says, what if there is a call based on circumstance? Uh, it's your racehorse. Uh, everybody knows that that's the case. Yeah, you'd have to argue. I don't know exactly how we're going to subjective that, you know, make that subjective, but it, it, it has to be. And we found and we find cases of that sort. Um, the question really is, um, is, do we distinguish between what if it was written in the Shtar or not? This, there's a question in Rishonim that I'm familiar with, which is along your lines. In other words, if there's mitigating factors, what if I wrote it in the document? Does that make a difference? If I wrote in the document with regards to uh, Eli Boganim, I said, and the apotiki is the Shor is Betsy. In that situation, maybe we'll say to Abi, I know it's an animal, but you should have read the document. Similar to the, uh, the Jeffrey, there's something particular about this that everyone knows the details. But yes, sir. Um, could you just say that the slave has a voice that he could say? 
Indeed you could. If I'm not mistaken, the other claim on, even when it's written in the document, that is that a slave is qualitatively different, that the call that we refer to in our Gemara, even though in general we refer to what people know, over here we, people really know because the slave says, wait a second, he made me the collecting, whereas animals clearly don't. Yes, very much so. Says the Gemara, let's just read this quickly, one line over here, Lebatar de Nafak, after Rav Nachman, so remember, this was a conversation between Rav Nachman and Ula. Ula was reporting what Rabbi Azar said, and Rav Nachman was questioning him. Ula said, I know that Rabbi Azar said that you can collect from uh, slaves. And so then Rav Nachman said, in what situation? Even from orphans? And uh, Ula said, no, 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 that's not what he meant. He was talking about something entirely different. Then Rav Nachman leaves the room. And uh, Ula is left with his students and his colleagues. Libata means after the nafak that Ula, that, uh, excuse me, Rav Nachman leaves the room. Amalehu Ula, Ula says to everyone, let me tell you the truth. This is really what Rabbi Azar said. Even from orphans. In other words, slaves have the same status with regards to collection as land. And the word reaches Rav Nachman that Ula was lying to him. Amar of Nachman, when Rav Nachman found this out, he exclaimed, Ishtamatin Ula? Ula was hiding this from me? He was scared that I was going to ask Rashi, Nishmat mimeni veyare? He was hiding this from me and he was scared? Mishum de because his opinion was, Avda dame, because my opinion is that a slave is like property. He was scared. He lied. He skewed the halacha. He didn't tell me the whole story because he was nervous. I would knock him out with questions and proofs against that claim. In short, what we have a few more lines in the Gemara to establish is, well, if the true statement of Rabbi Lazar is that slaves are like land, even for Yetomim, as opposed to what apparently is the approach of Rav Nachman, where does that leave us in halakha, and the Gemara will quote even one or two stories to try to determine this in halakha. Again, a little or entirely less relevant to us today, but once upon a time, a pretty relevant issue. If you had a slave and you were paying back, what's the status of slaves? A father might inherit much to his children. Slaves might just be part of the household chores and, and build, whereas land, not as much so. Can the creditors come and collect from the slaves after the death of the father from the inheritors? I will continue with this tomorrow. Baruch Amen.